Chapter 3 of Billy Whiskers at the Circus This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Marie Christian Billy Whiskers at the Circus by Francis Trago Montgomery Billy Whiskers Decides Billy awakened from a troubled sleep with doubts and misgivings in his mind. If the day hadn't been fine with everything and everybody looking bright and cheerful, the chances are that he would have then and there dismissed all thought of the circus and spent the balance of his days in happy though humdrum existence at Cloverleaf Farm. In that case, the story would never have been told. It so happened that Mrs. Treat, the mother of Tom, Dick, and Harry, wanted some things that morning, and so, after breakfast, told Tom, who was the eldest of the three, to wash his face and hands clean, put on his shoes and stockings, and make himself neat and tidy generally, for she wanted him to go to the corners to transact some business for her. What she really wanted was a spool of thread, a dozen clothespins, some bluing, and two yards of cheesecloth. Just common errands, as everybody can see. But Mrs. Treat knew how to manage boys, and she was alive to the fact that her son Thomas had rather transact business than do errands. Even so, he made it a condition of his cheerful going that Harry and Dick be allowed to accompany him the latter in his new express wagon drawn by Billy Whiskers. "'You may all go,' said Mrs. Treat, "'but be very careful and don't stay too long. "'Keep a close eye on Billy Whiskers. "'We all love Billy, and he is certainly the handsomest goat in the county. "'But you mustn't forget that we are not as well acquainted "'with his early history as I wish we were. "'I have never been able to dismiss the feeling,' that there are things in his past that are not to his credit. So you want to watch out. The boys promised, though they did not for one minute believe that Billy Whiskers had not always been the friendly, quiet, peaceable goat that he now appeared. Mrs. Treat, however, was wiser and spoke truer than she knew, as the story will show a little later though she need not have given herself any anxiety on the present occasion for little Dick in his new red wagon. Dick was the dearest brown-eyed little chap in the world, and everybody loved him, Billy Whiskers included, who wouldn't for anything have any harm or hurt come to his little master when under his care. Although they had been through breakfast by seven o'clock, or a little later, it was nine before the treat boys were ready to start to the corners. Billy looked very scrumptious in his silver-plated harness, newly polished, especially after he was hitched to the new wagon, marked in gilt letters on the sides, Overland Limited, with Master Dick in the seat, reins in hand, but no whip, for Billy Whiskers had early given them to understand that a whip was worse than useless where he was concerned. The procession finally moved off, with Tom on one side of Billy and Harry on the other. "'We'll have to keep this up,' whispered Harry, "'until we get out of Mother's sight, and then we can go as we please.' Harry was always called a queer child. 
At the corners, Billy Whiskers saw for himself the wonderful bill posters that Tom had told Jack Wright about. The boys spent as much time as they dared looking at them, which gave Billy a good chance to carefully examine the marvelous sights. As all my readers know how circus billboards look and how much they make one want to go to the show, they will not be surprised that Billy Whiskers quite forgot the warning of old Mr. Coon and again decided that he must see for himself these wonderful animals and astonishing performances that the reading at the bottom said were but faintly portrayed by the pictures above. When Billy reached home, having brought little Dick and his wagon safely through, he lay down to think over once more the circus, the difficulties in the way, and the fun it promised. All of a sudden he bethought him of his old friend and fellow traveler, Terence Bullpup, who he now remembered was living in Springfield where the circus was to hold forth. Although Billy had not answered Terence's last letter, having made up his mind to cut loose from his reckless friends when he came to Cloverleaf to live, he nevertheless now decided to write to him, telling of his intention to come to the circus and ask his advice about a place to stay. Of course, thought Billy, he'll ask me to come and stop with him. So he wrote and sent in the animal fashion and language the following well-worded and friendly letter. Cloverleaf Farm, June 10, 1908. Terence Bull Pup, Esquire. Maiden Lane, Springfield, Ohio. My dear friend Terry, Although it has been a long time since you have heard from me, I am still your true friend and now welcome the prospect of renewing our old-time acquaintance with the utmost pleasure. You will be glad to hear that I am well and happy, with a good home, plenty to eat, and surrounded by many friends. I am no longer the sort of goat you used to know, having turned over a new leaf on coming here to live. I have given up fighting almost altogether, very rarely steal things to eat, or rob pantries or clotheslines now, do but little budding, and in short, live a peaceable and respectable life, and try to be a good example to all my friends and neighbors. I never expected to do anything different, but I am hearing so much about the circus that is coming to Springfield, and the billboards that I saw at the corners this forenoon make it appear so attractive that I have decided to take it in, and so write to you, my old friend, to ask if it will be quite convenient for you to have me for a guest at the time. I not only want to see you, but feel that your greater familiarity with the ways of the world at present will be of the greatest help to me in keeping out of danger and in seeing all the wonderful sights to the best advantage. I trust that this letter finds you well and as handsome as ever. A prompt reply will be appreciated by faithfully your friend, Billy Whiskers. That's a good letter, said Billy Whiskers as he read it over before posting. It will bring an invitation all right or I miss my guess. He can't resist that reference to his good looks. Terry always was vain. As near as I can make out, he considers his pug nose very cute and attractive, and those bow legs of his as models of grace. When Terence Bullpup received Billy Whiskers' letter, he was of two minds, both pleased and mad. 
at first he was inclined to accept billy's words of friendship and flattery as the true expressions of his warm heart and write him a reply with a cordial invitation to come to springfield at once stay for a few days and be his guest at the circus on reading the letter a second time it occurred to him that billy whiskers might be trying to make use of him and that all his soft remarks about true friendship and his good looks were just so much bait with which to catch what he wanted he remembered that in the old days billy whiskers was in the habit of thus working his friends and he also recalled the fact that his last letter in which he had suggested joining billy in his new home at cloverleaf farm had never been answered a neglect on the part of billy that cut deep and rankled whenever he thought of it more than that terence did not like and had no sympathy with this talk about turning over a new leaf terence bullpup knew well that he had turned over no new leaves in fact if the truth must be told he was known all up and down maiden lane the street on which he lived as the terror no he said after looking at the matter from all sides i'll not be taken in by sly old billy this time if he imagines he can fool me by his flattery and true friendship dodge he'll find himself greatly mistaken Anyhow, his letter gives me a chance to give him a piece of my mind straight, and I'll just do it, too. So he wrote as follows. Springfield, June 12, 1908. Dear Bill, Your letter just received. I can't say that I was very pleased to get it. If you had answered my last letter, I might feel different. Of course, if you come to the city to attend the circus, I shan't run you off when you knock at my door. But my advice to you is to keep away. You are altogether too good now to go to circuses, though I well remember the time when you were not good enough. This talk of yours about turning over new leaves, don't go with the writer of this letter one bit. I knew you too well of old, but even if you think you are better than you used to be, you had best take no chances of a relapse, but stay where you are, which is the advice of your one-time friend, Terry B. P. Well, said Billy, as he finished reading this letter, if that ain't the very worst, I must have rubbed his fur the wrong way. He always was the meanest dog I ever knew. This settles it. I'll never associate with him again. While Billy talked big, he had a sneaking feeling all the time that for once Terence Bullpup had the best of him. His conscience was not altogether clear about not having answered his letter. At any rate, he wound up, I'll go to that old circus now if I never do another thing. I may have a chance to show that dog a trick or two yet. I'll start day after tomorrow. End of chapter 3